Welcome to No Applause, Just the Clap. I am Deb, and the gentleman sitting next to me is the one who taught me to take car bombs like a champ, is Doug. Hello. Uh, so, you and I actually did not have a hugely eventful week other than work-type things, but we do have a lot to talk about. We, actually, I should say I, finally went and saw Pacific Rim, which I have been anticipating for, like, ever. And it was freaking awesome. I agree. It was great. Um, it, uh... It, like I've said to people, it didn't change my life, but it was everything I wanted it to be. It's What's giant it? badass robots punching giant monsters in the face. Like I said, it was exactly what I thought oh, it was going to be. Uh, before Thank you, we continue, Toro. That was awesome. And before we continue, uh, I did write down, uh, big spoiler alerts, uh, we'll be talking about um, Pacific Rim and Monsters University, so just a heads up. Yeah, we're pretty spoiler heavy as it is, simply because spoilers don't ruin my enjoyment of something. And I tend to see everything as it comes out. Yeah, which is fine. Which Actually, I think that's one of the reasons why we get along so well. I finally got a Regal Club card. Like, <laughs> finally. Oh, you know what's extra funny? I went and saw Pacific Rim with a friend, and I totally did the thing where I got tickets first and bought his ticket. And he's like, I fucking hate when people do that. He was so pissed Buy at your me. tickets. No, I bought his ticket. And he's why like, is he mad? It's just one of those things where I didn't ask him. I just kind of did it. And he's like, God damn it. I yeah, fucking nice people. You know, no, I, I paid for a guy's bus fare and he didn't say thank you. Like I said, I think it's because he's a Fuck. I think it's because he's a gentleman and he's also the oldest, so he might see it as a little bit of a uh, a slight to him. There's a, yeah, slight against his chivalry or that he would take care of people. I can see that. Well, it's just, like I said. Now, and we went and saw it, and it was awesome. And of course, I being me, there's the the part in Pacific Rim where one of the characters is looking at the other one after he takes his shirt off. And you know, kind of hinting at the the attraction between the two, and, and I we lean all over. Fell in love with Charlie Day. Oh, no, I was going to say, and I lean <laughs> over to my friend in the movie theater. I'm like, I miss the long hairs and the tattoo. So it's obviously Charlie Hunnam, Hunt, Hannum, whatever. Is I'm it? not exactly 100 percent sure how you're supposed to pronounce it, but the guy frankly, from Sons of Anarchy, like you yeah. see, I wanted Jax from Sons of Anarchy to be in a giant robot fighting monsters. <sighs> I didn't know who he was. I don't watch Sons of Anarchy. It's I watch Sons I... of Anarchy. It's and a, it's a th- gap in my pop culture knowledge. Um, I can't lend you season one because it's lent out to somebody else, but I will. I, I love Sons of Anarchy. I love those vaguely Anarchy? Based... Sorry. Is that how they say it in the South? No. It's I like that Sons of Anarchy. Like I said, I love it's Sons like of Anarchy. America. I like that it's vaguely based Anarchy. on Hamlet. Unfortunately, same friend that I went and saw the movie with kind of ruined it for me right around season three when he pointed out a few flaws in the plot line. One of which being... Why don't you just fucking leave? All these problems would go away. And two, your wife's a neonatal surgeon. You don't really need to make that much money. What? If you watch Sons of Anarchy, it would make sense. I, I will. You should. I'm not, yeah, I'm not like hardcore against it. I just haven't. It's, it's you know, so I'll, far in that How about I, this? I'm going to try and get my season one back, and then we'll talk about it. However, back to Pacific Rim. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, it was... One, I, and I talk to people about it because... Oh, no, I've been, uh, I was going to say, I've been upselling it to everybody. And well, I say the exact thing. It's giant robots fighting monsters. If you go in with that mentality, you're going to enjoy the fuck out of it. It's not so epic it'll change your life, but it is so enjoyable. Well, it's, and it's one of those where, two things where, one, you, you, you were, had made a joke about how, before it came out, you go, oh, it's, it's Del Toro doing Transformers. And my issue... I still tell her doing Transformers, and it doesn't make me hate him. Why would you hate Del Toro anyway? Um, I think I would hate anybody 
that did the Transformer films. The first one wasn't that bad. My issue, let me get back to this, my issue with the first one was that it was, since it was robots versus robots and it was so busy that you couldn't tell who was punching who or what was going on. There was that scene where Megatron rips Jazz in half and I was literally watching the movie in theaters going, who the fuck did he just rip in half? Okay, I have actually two problems with the first Transformers. One. Don't just say an umbrella, Michael Bay. I was going to say something about robot lips, but I'll keep it myself. Like they should just have speakers? Well, didn't he have the, like, the little vented visor? Who? Optimus Prime? Yeah. He, well, he didn't he... have lips in the cartoon. Didn't he have the vented mouthpiece? Yeah, which he, like, donned in battle. <sighs> Anyways, I didn't like that he had lips. And two, dude, he had magic glasses. That's a little bit too close to Mormonism for me to ever take it even vaguely seriously. He had magical... Oh, the... Yes. Yeah, they totally chucked the glasses, didn't they? Like I said, he had magic glasses. Are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, they pulled a chuck and put the internet in his glasses. And like I said, that's a a little bit too much like Mormonism for me. Because, you know, after the angel Moroni, that's right, Moroni, came down and put down the Book of Mormon and he couldn't read it, God gave him magic glasses. To go with their magic underwear. Special underwear. It's not magic underwear. But what's magic if not special? I don't know. I rewatched Burt Wonderstone. That wasn't very special or very magic. Oh, it was special, all right. <laughs> um, but yes, I loved Pacific Rim. It was so. It was cleaner. It was. I mean, it was beautiful. I mean, that opening scene in uh, with uh, Yancey what? and Raleigh. With who? Yancey and Raleigh. I love that. That's the name of the brothers. Yancey and Raleigh? Yeah. Are those like streets streets in New York or what? No, I have no idea why that no, I was gonna you say did, why you liked that or No, I just thought they were just very bizarre names. Well Gimel the Toro doesn't speak English extremely well. He did probably didn't want to stick with Jim and John. I'm sorry, the only time I've ever heard the name Yancey used was in Futurama. And that's Fry's older brother. Yeah. Yeah. Nancy. Yeah, like I said, I I've never actually even in books. Never you. I was gonna say never heard the name Yancy used other than in Futurama and now in Pacific Rim. Huh. And spoiler alert: much like in both, Yancy's dead. Yes. Oh no. Um. No, but that that opening scene of what what is it called? Like the Gypsy Danger? I or? think it's called Gypsy Danger. Yes. Yeah. When it comes out in the rain and they're doing the test of the, like, the, like... Uh, I was going to say hand of the fist. Hand of the fist Rawr. test. Yeah. Um, it was, what was it, like, mind sync? Something? Uh, mind cloud? No, what was it called? Handshake. There we go. Neural handshake. Neural handshake. Because it was something very William Gibson. Like, it was... <laughs> but uh, when they do that and the, the rain comes off of it, I was just like... Oh, yeah, no, I'm sitting there, I'm like... I mean, fantastic. it was just... It's one of those where, like... Del Toro is usually given not like a huge budget in a lot of his movies. <laughs> Hellboy 2, really? I had a smaller budget than... Electric Boogaloo. Electric Hellaloo? No, that doesn't work. No, um, sorry. Uh, Which, you know what, we should actually talk about. Let's finish Pacific Rim, and I'll put Hellboy, Hellboy 2 on the throw, whiteboard. You're going to throw the Golden Army on there? I am, because I want to say a few things about it. Okay. But... 
and this is my second point for when I said I had two that um, you know he. He, he's I'm not saying he's done like independent pictures that's obviously not true he actually did when well, he no, was yeah, a kid he, yeah, when he was well, okay. well, teenager but you know what let I me mean. finish god uh, wait for it um but no what yeah you don't remember my catchphrase when we first ever started talking about this fine yeah <laughs> that's um, boat slam water uh, but uh no, he, you know, I mean, the, but the the budgets for Pan's Labyrinth, Hellboy, even Hellboy Two, were nowhere near Pacific Rim. Yeah. And also, the thing is, he took, he, but he took those modest, we'll say modest budgets. Are we willing to agree on that? I'm not going to say modest. I'm going to say reasonable. Oh, okay. But he took those reasonable budgets, and made it look like something that would cost double the amount, triple the amount. I mean, you could probably agree on that on just Hellboy. Mm-hmm. And even specifically in Hellboy 2, the, was it the troll uh, troll market? Yeah, that looked expensive. Yeah, and probably wasn't as expensive as we thought, considering we way overestimated on Southland Tales. Um, it's mostly because I was so angry at it, I assumed it was expensive. It, it, <laughs> Can, is it weird that you hate something so much you assume it's expensive? Yes, Elysium. Um, we'll talk about that later. But, uh, and the fact that he was given, like, a big budget and made it look spectacular and did kind of pull the Joss Whedon where, yeah, it was about the, the, the spectacle of it with, obviously, giant robots fighting giant monsters, designation knife head. <laughs> Holy shit, I love that line. Um, knife and knife head rips that shit. Up. I was ro- okay. I was rooting for it. The minute it tore off that thing's arm, I'm like, fuck you, I'm on the monster side. Because I want to see this thing fuck shit up. It was pointed out to me, which I actually noticed throughout the entire film. How do they know to call it Knifehead when they don't even know what it looks like? When they're looking at their... No, because unquote- they have like similar traits. They talk about, like Charlie Day's character talks about that. How they have like similar traits because they're being cloned or whatever. But they They're don't know that when they come out of the quota, when they come out of the wormhole rift breach area. What do you mean they don't know that? They don't know what they look like. Before it breaches. Yeah. Not before, but like when it's breached, they have that alarm that says, "Oh, hey, there's." Yeah, but one. I mean, if you look at it on the screen, it's just it's a round red dot. But you don't see the other computers. Maybe they. Okay, have... you're gonna write this off with other computers we didn't see. Well, you only ever see, like, two screens that Batman's looking at in a Batcave. You don't see everything else. Fine. And I'm sure they have some kind of video capture equipment. I mean, it's fucking... It's not even the U.S. military. It's the world military. They have to, like, have some kind of, like... Which, oddly enough, that's... Surveillance. I wanted to talk about. Okay, so, when we're watching the film, they've decided to kind of scrap the uh, Jaeger program. Yeah. I want to hear what the pitch was for the quote-unquote life wall. Oh, okay, God. guys. We're gonna so we're going to put up wall. a big wall along all the coastlines. That's going to be made of concrete, rebar, and prayers. Like I said, we're going to put up this wall. Dude, it's a big fucking fence. That works so well between U.S. and Mexico. It worked against the Mongols. <sighs> like I said, so we're going to put up this wall. Like, I, I would love to see some... Well, you knew some, a fucking monster was going to tear through it. Like I said, I want to see some billionaire construction developer trying to pitch this to the United Nations. Okay. So what we need is a wall. A big wall. 
Like, I know. Not I'm even... sorry. The life wall? The name told you that it was basically going to collapse. Well, that and, like, they they keep talking about how they have the clock of, like, days, days since incident. Mm-hmm. And, um... I was going to say, and then they have the scientist that is, uh, sci- uh, that it's mathematically tracking when he thinks the next event is well, going right. to happen. Well, right. So what I'm saying is, like, when you meet, when you re-meet the main character, Raleigh, um, what, I don't, like, the walls, like, parts of the walls are being built, like, that doesn't make any sense. You'd have a very strict timeline on, like, the wall being built because you'd only have... X amount of time. X amount of time, and it's like... However, I think that was explained away, and they're saying that it was just a theoretical when the next monster activity may happen. Until British... Like whiny scientists, because like no, I, said, I figured it was, out the like formula to it. Like I said, it was just theoretical. It. They hadn't necessarily accepted it as a fact. They just had a time of I was since, say, that was, since that was incident on work. Yeah, that was the theoretical place. timeline. <laughs> Doug, you may want to move your backpack because Trondor is eyeing it. That's fine. Okay. Uh, I more so, meant that he will claw it and knock it down on the floor. I'm sorry, um, my dick bag cat is being a dick bag. Move dick bag. <laughs> but yeah, no, I found it. Like, it was exactly what I wanted it to be. And it was, and like I said, he was, kind of had like a Whedon-esque thing where, um... It was very, very epic and spectacle, but it was still just about it people was about pe- that the happened people. to be there. And I mean, the, some of the character beats were... Hilarious and cliched? There, I told you about this. And I don't know, I don't know if you noticed this line. Um, I honestly can't remember the conversation we had about it that well. Um, but... There's a line that you hear, like, out of a back speaker, where you just hear the line, We can do it together! And I was just like, oh, Jesus, fuck, not that line. And even though I didn't, you don't see it spoken, just hearing it almost took me out of the movie. Where I was like, and I'm out. There were parts of the movie that actually made me laugh pretty hard. Like I'm the so part glad they, I think they almost directly quoted Independence Day about the aliens on the other side and them being colonists. But still. I'm so glad they didn't kiss at the end. That would have been so fucking retarded. Like, it would have been so horrible. I have a complaint about the end. She thinks he's dead. He's not breathing. She can't find a heartbeat. I'm sorry, CPR isn't an option here? I know, like, they would know that. And they're like, well, you know, maybe the, like, sensors are off. And it's like, okay, but, like, to quote Jim Jeffries, push, push, blow, blow. Yeah, why why wouldn't you try CPR? Or bang on his chest in, in like, Live, emotion. damn it! Live! Live! Yeah, why wouldn't you, like I said... Come back to me! Like I said, I just don't understand why that didn't seem to occur to her. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, yeah. Yeah. At least I didn't kiss. It was a quiet, tender moment at the end. I liked it. Did you wait for after the credits? Of course I did. You know why? Because Ron Perlman's awesome, and I always wait for after and the credits. And you know he was going to come back. I, I was rewarded. I expected it happened during the movie, and it was like, oh, of course that'd be the post-credits scene of him cutting himself out of the fucking baby. Oh my god, did you have that moment? Actually, I had that moment where I thought about Godzilla, when they're like, yep. she's pregnant. Oh god. Thanks. Yeah, I was like, fuck. I honestly was like, if that happens now, I'm going to, like... I'm done. Like, this movie is gonna suck. I don't care what anyone else says. It could be epic after that. Wouldn't have cared. I'd been like, yeah, the minute it was like, it's pregnant, and it's like, oh, god damn it, where's Hank Azaria and Actually, Matthew Broderick? I was thinking, oh, yeah, I was gonna say, where's Matthew Broderick? Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. When, but it was like, nope, 
Hellboy's gonna kill it, and you're like, oh, okay. Like I said, I, I thought it Natural was... Natural causes. I actually really loved the Capra on that. He's like, one minute looking at it. I totally knew it wouldn't live. Heart <laughs> wrapped around its neck, lungs underdeveloped. I'll oh, eat you. Yeah, but it... it uh, what, no, like, it's just one of the... It's like the total stereotypical badass move. I knew this was gonna happen. And then you're gonna get it. I can eaten. tell. You know, it's the only... It's the, oh, the only... Uh, only the second movie he's been in with uh, by Del Toro, where he plays a human. Actually, Red Perlman's in prosthetics a lot in his movies. I mean, it's that and uh, TV Kronos, shows, yeah. And Kronos are the only two. Excellent. By huh? What? What? I didn't say anything. No, what did you say? I didn't say anything about Max Landis. About Max Lens? Max Landis. Max Landis. Oh, sorry, I was thinking about Chronicle. He's not in Chronicle. I know, but I want him to be. The maybe he maybe he'll be in Chronicle too. I know. Uh, I'm sorry, kind of continue. wondering where he's gonna go with that. Not that I don't have utter faith in Max Landis re-listening to that Nerdist episode. I'm like, I will watch whatever you put out. I'm done. I mean, I love Death of Superman. I thought that thing was fucking hilarious. It, it pisses me off that I didn't do it before him. Because I'm pretty sure I've gotten in drunken rants about comp plot lines. And it was one of those pretty like... Pretty sure? You're pretty sure? Okay, I'm 100% sure. Thank you. I probably did it last week. Um, <laughs> that would be difficult. True, but... Um, but I, I, you know, I mean, the fact that I've gotten into... Rants. We'll, we'll, we'll be charitable and call it passionate. Um, arguments uh, about Star Trek. I, I know I've gotten into fucking, yeah, like drunken rants about uh, comic book plot lines. And it was one of those where I'm like, why didn't I just... I mean, this is pre-YouTube, but it's like, why wouldn't I have someone just tape that and put it on YouTube? I, yeah. Not that I would have been the next Max Landis, but... Fair enough. Um, Hellboy 2. So... Yeah, itchy to see what you say about this one. Are we trying... Are we just gonna skip over the fact that the, the lead bad guy, the villain in this, looked like a combination of a character from a Cradle of Filth video and Sephiroth? Sephiroth had dark hair, though. Why do you keep going back to white hair with Sephiroth? Or does he have white hair and Advent Children? He has hair and Advent Children. Does he? Uh, yes. That's right, he does. Thank you. Really? Really, Doug? Really. I'm just glad they put out Advent Children because the ending of Final Fantasy VII was like kind of a letdown after the buildup of Death of Eris. Mm-hmm. Which, speaking of which, I totally rewatched Wreck-It Ralph and I just love that in the background there's the graffiti in the Grand Game Central Station and one of it is Aerith Lives. Yeah. Um, along with the Leroy Jenkins... Leroy Jenkins. Jenkins, and uh, there was one other one. Uh, the Shenlong's uh, Street Fighter joke was in there. Anyway, but yeah, no, I there's a few things that totally make Hellboy for me, despite the styling of the character. One, where they're getting shit faced on Takati and singing "Can't Smile Without You." It's known as yeah the Barry Manilow scene. Like a lot of people were talking about that when it came out, or right before it came hilarious. out. It's hilarious. Yeah. The whole "My Body's a Temple, Your Body, My Body's an Amusement Park" line. It was and Doug Jones was got to use his own voice. Yeah. Yay, Doug Jones. Who he's on Falling Skies. I'm a big fan of Doug Jones. I haven't watched Falling Skies yet. You've it's Walking watching, Dead with Aliens. Like I said, you've been watching it a lot lately. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just it's one of those things I'm not. Except that Walking Dead is a like not afraid to fucking kill. Characters. Main characters, yeah, where... And everyone goes, well, I mean, they're not going to kill Rick. I'm like, yeah, but if you read the comics, you know Rick goes through some shit. Yeah. And they're putting him through the... I mean, you think you're, they're putting him through the paces now? 
No. Go and read the, the comics. Yeah, if you go read the comics, like, spoiler alert, I'll say that accurately, but, um, well, because, you know, the fourth, uh, what is it, the fourth season of the show is coming out this fall? I think so. Um, I'm not really up on my Walking Dead simply because I read the comics, so it seems like something yeah, I Yeah, but you I know, I mean, when he comes out of the ends. prison, like, fucking oh, yeah. everybody dies in the prison except for, what, Rick and Carl... And, uh, what is it, uh, Rick loses a hand, yeah. and Carl gets fucking messed up, like, psychologically. And he's talking about, it was really, what was I listening to when he was talking about him losing a hand? And then being like, that was such a, a, a stunting thing for them, because, I mean, how do you button a shirt without a freaking hand? Like, it would take you twice as long. I, I'm wearing a button-up, let's see. Yes, this is great podcasting, Doug. We're this going is, to yeah, listen this to is you try, try and button it. I'm sure I'll curse eventually. (laughs) I can't do it. I'm mostly using my left hand, not my right. Well, I guess it wouldn't matter. I mean, I can't choose which hand I'm going to lose to the governor. (laughs) You're still struggling with it. I am still struggling. Hold on, I almost got it. But like I said, they're talking about that, and it's... it's, You don't... Yeah! That was one button, folks, in case you're... I should have been looking at the time, but yeah, that took me about a good ten seconds. Ten seconds. Fifteen. I was more like thirty. No way. Uh-huh. Fair enough. Uh, other things I'm excited about this week. You and I both just today watched the new trailer for the Veronica Mars movie. Yes, we did. Awesome. I've also been reading the casting news updates, and Jerry O'Connell cast as the new Sheriff Lamb, Adam Lamb's brother. Lamb died, didn't he? Yep, that's yeah. why they don't have Lamb back. Lamb died. If you remember correctly, he was shot by the Dean's wife's former husband. No, the Dean's Dean's wife's lover. No, I, sworn, I, I swear to God it was her, her ex-husband. No, wasn't it the... No, it was the criminology professor, wasn't it? No, no. no Lamb got, I was going to say, Lamb got, I believe, killed by her ex-husband because he was all amped up on meth and in her house. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, it was... It, yeah, you're right, it was the ex-husband. Yeah. You're right, I completely forgot about him. Oh, I mean, it's been a while. Yeah. I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch my Veronica Mars. However, I'm very, I was gonna say, very happy with the new trailer that they've put out. I was gonna say they're teasing a lot of interesting things. I'm sad she doesn't work for the FBI and that she's a lawyer. However, that makes sense in the plotline they're following that she hasn't played detective since she lost her dad, the sheriff's ship, so to speak, in one of the last episodes that they shot for the TV show. Right. Like I said, I'm sad that she's not working for the FBI because I think she would be awesome. No, that should be good at picking juries and stuff. I mean... Well, it makes sense that she'd be a lawyer, because it's, once again, her kind of playing into the excitement of something and outsmarting people. Yeah, yeah. Also... They're trying I, to figure out a puzzle, trying to figure out a case. I mean, I can see. You can extrapolate yeah. the personality to that. Also, oh my god, Kristen Bell looks so good for having a child a very short period of time ago. Well, yeah, but all these celebrity, like, trainers and stuff can do that. I mean... But still... Look at Beyonce. I hate you a little bit right now. That's okay. I own it. What? She slimmed up to the point where they thought the baby was fake. Still, like I said, very impressed with Kirsten Bell. And admittedly, she's always been pretty slender. But yeah, for looking as good as she does very shortly after having a child. What did they name it? Uh, Lincoln. Well, it's a little girl named Lincoln. 
Oh, it's a little a little girl named Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Lincoln Shepard. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's nice. Well, I believe her and Dak Shepard are actually now going to get married very shortly. Yeah, because... now that they got rid of Doma. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, um, so also this week, things that are awesome. My little boy Batman underpants came in the mail. Thank you, Amazon. So now both of us have Batman underwear. Yep, about the same size. Probably not. You got child-bearing hips. I got child-bearing hips. <laughs> you know, I figured out that's how you can walk like a Jaeger is by using your hips instead of your knees. Actually, that makes complete sense. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was thinking about I that. I also like how labored it looks when they're inside the Jaegers in the apparatus walking. Now, you know they built the inside of the head as a set. Yeah. And they put it on, like, uh, um, like rigs so mm-hmm. that when they're being, like, punched by knife head. Because mm-hmm. um, I don't remember any of the other other designations other than well, knife head. some of them were not, they were, I believe, Japanese. So it's not anything you could easily remember. Right. Oh, my God, it's kaiju! Well, that's just what they're called. Sorry. Um, but yeah, so like when you're seeing them react to being punched, like that's actually happening. But yeah, like I said, I liked how it actually did look labored, like they were having to work pretty hard yeah, to make oh yeah. this robot move, which makes complete sense. Well, yeah, and like you think about like how they have to like train to like fight, because you get into the fight between um, was it the Australian guy and and the main character, and it's like they have these like in, like fighting styles, and you're like. They would have different fight, like they would have different fighting styles because the Australian Jaeger is faster. Yeah, so that was the only what Mach five or Mach uh, generation. It five was or the only four. I think five was the highest they went. It was the last five made, but it was the fastest Jaeger ever. Yeah. Which I think you. All of them are digital. Not all of them. Not all of them. Yeah, yours has got a Betamax. Way to be proud. Jesus, yeah, it's like... I, I totally loved it, though. I completely bought into their, their world, so to speak. Well, it just, like, it was weird because like, that, was the only, that was the only time they mentioned that it was... Like, there was no mention of that it was analog. Like, that was... It seemed like such a, like, left-field thing. It was just Nuclear, like... Nuclear, yeah. Yeah, they, they were just like, all of them are digital. Not this one. Well, where did that come from? That never gets mentioned before. Actually, it does. It's the opposite. No, no, it's, no it's, it's the opposite. It's the opposite of the autopilot from Dark Knight Rises, where that's mentioned like nine million well, times. Seemed like they didn't telegraph that move, though. In because, in 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 Pacific Rim. Yeah, like I yeah, said, okay. I do like that they didn't telegraph that move because there's so many movies where they make some one line mention of something, and you're like, I know what's happening later. That's gonna. Solved. That's gonna. Yeah, it's it's the beam in the locket from uh, Jack and the Giant Slayer, where I'm like. Well, that's gonna come into play later. Better pay attention. Like, like the, I said, it, it's one of those things where I like they didn't telegraph that move. Yeah. But still. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, I was I was gonna say uh, something else that we both watched recently. Okay. Monsters University. Yes, I was not impressed. Neither was I. It was fun, but I mean, it, it wasn't smart like the original it, Monsters it, was. And yeah. that's I told other people that that liked that movie and I said this one didn't have the now Disney Pixar and like DreamWorks like all of them have figured out and it's been years since they've done this but they figured out hey wait a minute they're adults taking their kids let's make jokes for the adults or little sight gags that and I, the first I in my mind the first Disney movie that did that was Disney's Atlantis which I still I don't speak, think I've ever actually watched well, it. Well, I will ever, I will always speak highly. Oh, it was, not only was it, the, kind of, to me, the first one that had the adult humor as well, 
Um, the voice acting was phenomenal. Really, really, you're going to tell me that there weren't adult gags in Aladdin with John with Robin Williams doing the genie? You were full of shit. There were so many adult gags with Robin Williams' genie in Aladdin. There were well, okay, no, there were like when he does like Peter Laurie, exactly. and you're like, okay, and he, yeah, he does so many gags that kids would never get. Okay, I'll. Yeah, no, you know I'm right. But it wasn't. I, I, yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not flubbering because I'm suddenly wrong. Um, but you are. But I am. No. Uh, but that was so so much more like slapsticky. Where it was. I'll give you that. So it wasn't as it, very. Su- yeah, it wasn't as subtle. Yes. Um, whereas Atlanta, how that was a bit more subtle. Plus, speaking of Hellboy, um, you had. Uh, the two guys that did all of the, um, uh, like, uh, not storyboarding, but, like, character designs, uh-huh. set pieces, were uh, comp uh, artist Jeff Darrow, who I'm a big fan of, and Mike Magnola, who did Hellboy. Yeah. So, which, if you rewatch, or or watch, excuse me, Atlantis, you could, there's... It's pretty obvious. Uh, it's pretty obvious on they the Magnola big, art. Big I mean, in that. Oh, uh, just the shape of the characters, the block shadows or block shading, um, which I am a huge fan of Magnolia's uh, art. Always have been, always will be. Um, he's one of the, the people that I um, idolized when I was writing and drawing comics. Um, look where that got me. Just goes to show you how well I draw. Um, oh, like a spastic fiber with a crayon up its nose. It's horrible. Um... <laughs> My friends often told me that I, I drew one of the funniest coloring books they'd ever seen. Um, yeah. It was funny. Not well drawn, but it was funny. Um, but yeah, no, Monsters but, but, yeah, U. It oh, wasn't, it thank wasn't, you. Like I said, it wasn't nearly as smart as the first it, mo- it No, it wasn't. Monstrous Inc. So it's like, it was okay background noise, but God, I probably would have been dying if I'd had to and watch that over and over and over again. We'll tie this back. Uh, who was one of the voices in Monsters U that we've already talked about today? Billy Crystal? No. Charlie Day. Wait, Charlie Day was? In Monsters U. What voice was he? He was the monster that was like the U shape that, like, didn't Oh, with have... the legs? Yeah. They had the, the leg warmers on him for their. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know why I didn't identify that as Charlie Day. Maybe because the movie didn't make much of an impression on me, therefore I didn't really think about it. Um, when I'm watching it, I'll I'll just look at the IMDb cast just so I know like who to listen for. Like, uh, who were the voices of the two heads? One of them was uh, Dave Foley, <laughs> and I uh, I'm spacing the other one. Oh, uh, Sean Hayes. But yeah, like I said, it was okay. That's about all I can say for it. It wasn't. I I, this, I, I wouldn't have recommended I, it. I don't hate myself for watching it. I, it was one of those, I had a choice when that came out in theaters. I had a choice to see that or World War Z. And it was just, yeah, it was just like, well, do you want a punch in the face or a punch in the dick? Like, there was no good answer, um, or no good result was going to come of me seeing either one of them. I'm extremely glad I went and saw Pacific Rim instead of uh, Despicable Me Too, so. It's, and once again, like, that's, it's the same thing with Monsters, uh, you as, as Despicable Me Too, is that it's good, but it doesn't have I get the that that edge that that Despic- the first Despicable Me had. Yeah, it's just one of those where it's Despicable Me too feels like filler space until the uh, Minions movie comes out. Well, and that's my well, I I think 
I think the Minion movie is going to be closer to Despicable Me in terms of tone because it's going to be them. I think they're they're they've been around for like I guess since the dawn of time, and uh, is is their backstory. Well, I haven't watched any of the the trailers or teasers for the Minion movie. So. Well, they, uh, they, apparently they've been around for like whatever years, and uh, they figure out that their whole point in life is to help supervillains. Like, they're supposed to be minions. And I think that they go out and they, um, like, audition to become, like, minions. Um, but they're auditioning for different supervillains, and um, I want to say Tina Fey is, is the voice, but that's not right. Um, is Kirsten Wick back, or? No. Oh, no, this is, like, it, this, the minion movie's gonna be a prequel. Okay. Um, and I want to say it's, it's, it's Tina Fey, but I don't think that's right. Um, as the voice of, of uh, the supervillain they team up with, or they end up being employed by. Isn't it wrong that I love every time that you kind of get to see the backside of, like, a supervillain collective? Like, you know, the, the auditioning to get in, or I was going to say the, the supervillains that don't quite make it. I mean, I love that in The Venture Brothers. I love that in Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog. I uh, love even that with the in heroes in Mystery Men. Like I said, I love the seeing the, the, the backside of the, you know, the, the supervillains or the superheroes just aren't quite awesome enough. You know, like, um... Dane Cook is the Waffler. God, now what was... Okay, what's the name of the character in Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog that, like, makes things wet or moistens them or... Oh, uh, I think they just call him Moist. Is it just Moist? No, Do you need he, to um, dampened or made wet? Oh, what is his name? Yeah, no, it's going to bother me now. Yeah. You know, the, the, immediately after this, you and I are going to put that TBD in. I'm, uh, right, I've never, I've the never movie. seen the commentary. So. Commentary the musical? Yeah. Crap. Well, I know what the rest of our afternoon looks like now. <laughs> um. However, this actually leads nicely into something else I wanted to talk about. The latest episode of The Venture Brothers, which was fucking sweet. I told you, I was like, you are going to get... like, this is very Deborah. This is very dry. She's going to love this. Yeah. Them being in the superhero nightclub, trying to get a, a bionic man set up on a date with a fake robot, which is really ghost robot, so they can try and pump him for information about the Council of Thirteen and who their actual identities are. It... I, the, just the nightclub scenes alone, I was like, where we watched it independently of each other, and it was like, no, yeah, they just call. Hold on, they call Simon Helberg's character Moist. It's just Moist. He's just Moist. He's his evil moisture buddy. But like I said, I love that the gag in in Doctor Horrible's sing along blog is him auditioning to be in the Evil League of Evil. Well, but you Although like now, you like that. Like you said, like the Guild of Calamitous Intense stuff. I love the Guild of Calamitous Intense stuff. Especially the video that um, Dr. Orpheus gets about why you should join the Guild of Calamitous Intent. I like that they the cover their that... mouths and it's like, we have chosen you, Dr. Dr. Orpheus. Orpheus. <laughs> I, I love that gag. Like I said, I love that gag, but I also love... I love it's just all the reasons why you should join a supervillain collective so they can monitor, you know, your threat level or inappropriate behavior. Which that clip alone, which is what the guy chained down and one of the Council of Thirteen, like, rubbing his chest and making inappropriate gestures at him. What? What? 
Yeah, what the, why you join the Guild of Calamitous Intent, because they'll monitor, like, your appropriate yeah. front level and, like, inappropriate behavior. Oh, that's right. Yes, see? Yeah, and it's the guy getting off. I forgot about that. It's so wrong, and you're like, oh, God, why? That's right. Yeah, but then they put the, who do they, they put the monarch versus, like, Doctor, uh, Doctor Manatee or whatever it is. Oh, yes. He's like, I'm the gentle sea cow. Bam! He shoots him in the head. Oh, the manatee. Tears of a Sea Cow, I believe, is the name of that episode. I'm pretty sure you're right. Or why Sea Cows However, they say Tears of the Sea Cow, and that immediately just takes me back to the Jim Gaffigan joke. I'm the manatee. Ha ha, Sea Cow! Ha ha, Sea Cow. By the way, uh, the voice of Scarlet, the uh, supervillain that's going to be in the Minions movie, is voiced by Sandra Bullock. I don't know how I got Tina Fey out of that. I think I'm still stuck on uh, Megamind. Um, oh, as I as, as I've been for like three weeks, but uh, but yes, no, I I know we talk about the Venture Brothers a lot. I think we might actually change the name of the podcast as Deb and Doug reminisce about Venture Brothers go episodes. Team, that go are team awesome. clap. Just realize that sounds like a prevention's agency for gonorrhea. Except for the clap is chlamydia. Is it chlamydia? It is chlamydia. Mm. Oh well. <laughs> gonorrhea chlamydia it's one of those uncomfortable ones you can get treated it's one of those ones that wouldn't make a good girl's name don't they make a chlamydia joke you know it's not important sorry it's that's from waiting is it yeah chlamydia that's a really pretty name i'm gonna name my daughter chlamydia <sighs> although if you go as per the ter- <laughs> if you go for the terry pratchett joke about naming your children horrible things she'd probably be awesome and keep it in her pants a great deal no one would want to fuck her well, it's just like, you know, they say if you name a girl Chastity, she's going to be a little bit... That was louder than usual. Sorry. No, it's fine. But like I said, if you if you name a girl Chastity, she's going to be a little bit promiscuous. Terry Pratchett has a joke about a family of boys, and the only one that's coming to mind now is Bestiality, and they're all, all supposed to be, like, super awesome and nice and chivalrous, and yeah. Um, so if you name a girl Chlamydia, she'd probably be very chaste and awesome. Well, and you know the name of the girl I lost my virginity to. No, I don't remember that. It's- Hand of God, Charity Hope Ball. No, I call it bullshit. True. I'm sorry, do you still know this girl? No, she dumped me for a older gentleman she worked with at Arby's. Which sounds pathetic wow, now, like but I mean... the saddest thing I've ever heard. Oh, yeah. His name was Chris. Like, I'll remember that shit till the day I die. What? Okay. And she, held, and she held off breaking up with me... Because uh, she was cheating on me around my birthday. And she didn't want to ruin my birthday. You know, I'm sorry. I, I don't believe her name was Charity Hope Ball. You're yep. going to have to look her up on the Facebook and get her to send you a picture of her ID. Charity Hope Ball? Yeah. I got fr- I got friends that knew her. I mean... No, I, I need to see a picture of her ID or birth certificate. I don't believe that. Her name was Ch- Charity Hope Ball? Who hates their kid that much? Her mom? Oh, that's terrible. Admittedly, yeah. I once knew a girl named... It was her last name. Her last name was Rowdy Bush, but still. Ouch. But I had... Uh, there was a girl I went to high school with named Tiffany Trout, who her dad wanted to name her Rainbow. Ooh. Yeah. Rainbow Trout. I did tell you, though, like I said, I went to high school with a pair of brothers named Kal-El and Jarrell. Which doesn't make any sense, but... No, no. We can have this conversation before, but it doesn't mean Because their dad happen. was not Nicolas Cage. Like I said, because I was going to say, but it happened. It happened. <laughs> um, 
I did know a girl named Wit who wanted to have a bunch of last name Wit. A bunch of kids and named them like Nitwit and Halfwit and yeah, Dimwit. And, uh, That's horrible. I don't know. There was a while there when I, if I ever decided to have kids, I wanted to name them three-letter unisex names like Invader Zim. Like Gaz Tack. and, yeah, like Gaz and Dib and Tack and, yeah. Grr. I actually, I actually uh, drew um, an Invader Zim tattoo for a friend that had uh, Dib holding, or uh, Gur holding Dib's severed head. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. With a knife. Yeah, three-letter unisex names. Weird. What does the G stand for? I don't know. I actually just quoted Gur yesterday when um, someone said something about, like, do you want to wait, do you want the whole, whole neighborhood to know or something? Or I was, I must have been, or do you want to cool the whole neighborhood? I was, I left the door open with the AC going. And I was like, do you want to cool the whole neighborhood? And I was like, I do. Uh, Invader Zim, we had another show that got canceled before its time. Ah, uh, the third season sucked. I'm shocked that uh, Nickelodeon had it as long as it did. Because that was not a show for children. Had it been on an Adult Swim, it would have been glorious. And could have gotten away with a lot more. I mean, I think it's it's one of those where... Talk about... You talk about having um, adult versus kid jokes. Is the whole... The, the, the scene in the pilot where um, the Tollister... Um, uh... What the are arguing? They're arguing about uh, better entrances, smoke machine versus lasers, and the one doesn't gets one of them take a laser beam to the to eye. the eye. And then it was funny because my friend's little 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 oh, I girl, love the tallest, sorry, little girl was laughing because the alien is now on the ground screaming, "Ah, my eye!" And then my I'm friend laughing. Ryan and I are like laughing because they're arguing about lasers versus smoke machines, and we're like, "Oh my god!" Like, <laughs> see, now I'm gonna have to rewatch Invader Zim again. It's, it's one of those shows like Rocco's Modern Life. I loved it when I was a kid, and now that I rewatch it as an adult, there's so many layers to it that I didn't realize. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, I, yeah. I always loved the Invader Zim joke, where they had... It was something about the characters having an older version of themselves visit them and tell them what they're doing wrong, but it was really a scared straight program, and it wasn't an older version of himself. It was a guy dressed up as an older version of himself to scare them straight. I vaguely remember that. Like, it was it was just, it was so layered where you're like, how do you even think of this? How does this even occur to you? It's Vasquez and, and uh, Ricky Rosrick Simmons and um, who, uh, there was, who was the other big goth comp guy that worked on that? It was uh, Roman Dirge. Yeah. Yeah. Roman Dirge, who is the creator of my zombie bunny stuffed animal that I sleep with. Yeah, I actually reread some... Uh, I was going through some old comics and like. Were you reading some Lenore? I reread some Lenore and uh, the the cat with the giant head and one other story that's not as good. I swear to God, it's the name of it. There's Bear as well. Yeah. And it, uh, they weren't great. It was no, just like one of those great. like. However, something that is phenomenally great that not a lot of people have read, which is, um, I feel sick. Which I is love almost, I feel no, sick. I, I feel sick, which is fantastic, and it's almost a direct follow-up to Johnny the Homicidal Maniac. Well, it's it about yeah, it's about de- Dev. His, yeah, like I said, it explains another three-letter unisex name, mm-hmm. but it explains why he is the homicidal maniac, and it's because they had the little demon that kind of stripped him of his creativity, and it drove him fucking insane. But he could get away with everything. That was the thing. It's like they're like, give us your creativity, but you can 
literally get away with murder. And then they have the joke in Johnny the Homicidal Maniac where they have the guy going door to door to ask questions and he asks him if he thinks it's a vampire that's been killing people and he loses it because he's like, I'm not drinking their blood, I'm using it to paint this wall because the color looks different when it's dry and it's and not like, the right yeah, color and anymore. It starts, it starts setting up the thing behind the wall. Fun fact, not a moose. A room with a the moose. moose. <laughs> they shoot the walnuts in it, and it's the picture of the walnuts, yeah, the moose eating the walnuts, and for some reason that's more horrifying than a dimension of pure itchy. <laughs> okay, now I gotta go back and watch the same things. Okay, I'm sorry. However, to things that won't make you laugh... You finally watched Party Monster after my insistence that you needed to watch oh it at least God. once. You need to watch it at least once. It's one of those, I'd only recommend it to a few of my friends. I didn't tell you it was a feel-good movie. Oh, God, no, it's not. Ew. I did tell you you had to watch it for all the costumes they dress up in for the 90s club era. I didn't, well, and I didn't realize until I started watching it where I'm like, what the fuck? Like, who wrote this? And it's like, oh, shit, this is based on a real thing. No, this is an event that actually happened. Like, um, the character who plays the drug dealer that ends up getting murdered. The one from My So-Called Life. He's talking about, he lived in New York during that time period. He remembers Wait, there being missing... not the drug dealer. The DJ. No, the drug dealer. Who's dead. Yeah. What do you mean he talks about? If he's dead, how do you... No, 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 the actor who played him. Oh, 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 yeah, the one from My So-Called Life. Yes, I was gonna say, he talks about living in New York in that time period and seeing missing posters up for that guy. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, no, that was those were real events. That happened. Yeah. I was going to say, the guys that were the directors of that movie also did a documentary with all the footage they shot of those guys during that time period. It, 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 it preceded the movie. Mm -hmm. It's called... Um, it's called um, Disco Bloodbath, I Which believe. is the name of the book. It was the name of the book until the movie was made, and then they changed the name of the book to Party Monster. Oh, did they really? Because yeah. it was Disco Bloodbath, a, sh a shockumentary. Yeah, like I said, they changed the name of the book, which was Disco Bloodbath, yeah. to uh, Party Monster after the movie came out. It it was alright. The acting was... Well, they didn't have a strong director, so the acting was a little bit stilted and oh, clunky. Oh, God, yeah. Very Especially clunky. coming from... But like, there are some I know they can fucking... That... Like, I know Seth Green can fucking act, and yeah, I know Macaulay Culkin, Culkin can, can act, act because he was good and saved. Like... That was pre-saved. Was it pre-saved? It was pre-saved. Ouch. Yes. I was gonna say, but there's some scenes in that that are just fucking priceless. His brother's a better actor, though. Fair enough. But yeah, but there's some scenes in that movie that are just fucking priceless. Like when they're dancing to Two of Hearts by Stacey Q. Are you kidding me? The soundtrack was... The soundtrack is fantastic. And a lot of songs on that soundtrack are actually really hard to find. Not find it. And that was also Marilyn Manson's first movie role. It wasn't Jawbreaker? Mm-mm. That was pre-Jawbreaker. As Christina Superstar or whatever yeah. the hell... <laughs> And he, Marilyn you know, he, Manson he, actually tells a really funny story about walking with Macaulay Culkin and Macaulay Culkin buying him his first pack of cigarettes for that role. Weird. I know. Do you know that he brought his own blonde wig and fake tits to wear? That doesn't shock me in the yeah. slightest. The IMDb trivia reads like a bacchanali. Like it you love it, it, don't you? It reads like Caligula. Like I said, I told you that it's something you needed to watch at least once, and you did. Yes, and I don't regret watching it. But I... No. I like watching it the wasn't, first half of it. The the very beginning, the credit sequence where um, it shows like the the blood spreading out on the floor and the hammer. It was very lifetime movie, 
like fade in, fade out. It was but that very story is lifetime movie. Oh my god. It's it totally is, yeah. you know it's totally law and order SBU ripped from the headlines. But not as well directed or oh god, acted. No. However, you can't tell me you don't love the scene in Disco, I was going to say, in Disco Donuts when he's talking about how to become popular in the club. It's like, walk around, oh no, I've lost my friend. Oh, I've lost we found each other. Ah, ah. Yeah. Oh, it should take all of 20 minutes and then you leave. Exactly. Like I said, and, oh no, my Sanskrit class. What? He's like, I have to leave, I have a Sanskrit class. I don't remember that. Yeah, that's this like like his last line to Macaulay Culkin when he leaves is like, "I have to go. I'm late for my Sanskrit class." In Disco Donut. Yeah. Like no, it's, but it's then he goes back. Random. Yeah, it's something so random. Is it? Yeah. The guy seems like he'd be kind of a random. Oh, if you've ever seen any of the interviews with him, and he actually does Jane St. James, a pretty, actually really good interview during I think it's one of like the deluxe collections of American Psycho. He's kind of talking about club culture around that time period. In American Psycho? Yeah, like the 80s club culture. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He actually does a pretty good interview, but yeah, that seems like something he would totally say. Yeah. Sanskrit class. Which, by the way, so what's odd about that is years ago, I got gifted a lunchbox, which is identical to both the lunchboxes they're carrying in that scene, with the little pirate head on it. Yeah. just thought it was random. Did you keep your uh, special K in it? No, I never kept my special K in it. And your hammer? You know what the worst part is? I actually do not own a hammer. I have one I borrowed from our non-turn about a year ago that I've never returned. My thing is, why is there a fucking hammer? That's just something you have in an apartment. Out? I'm sorry. Was there anything logical happening in that apartment at that point in time? No, that's true. They were all completely fucked up on drugs constantly. That's true. I think it's just something that you have. It, it, it... Which is why, you know, when I didn't have a hammer, I was putting nails in a wall with a fucking tin can. Didn't turn out well. That's so Laura Ingalls, it's not even funny. Um, it's what I had, and I wanted to hang up a picture. Okay. A tin can? Like a canned soup or... Yeah, no, no, no. It might have been a can of soup, yeah. It's what I happened to have at the time. The visual of you using a Campbell's soup can for a fucking hammer is hilarious. That happened. That happened. It's a true story. Yeah. Seth Green, Michael Culkin, you're going to be in that movie. Oh, God. Oh, God. Now I'm singing Two of Hearts in my head again, and we're dancing. You want to put the, uh... The, uh... Video game music equivalent of... Rick Astley back on? Get that no, stuck in no, your head? No. Okay. Like I said, <laughs> did I just get Rick rolled by 8 bit? Yes, you did. Uh, so, I have one thing on the whiteboard. Hold on. You know the name of that band? I'm not trying to pimp them. I just. Hanamaguchi? No, that's the guy that does. Um, oh, that was the why I said it. Um, it's the opening for I Nervous, fight, yeah. I Fight Dragons. It's kind of awesome. Yeah. It's kind of awesome. It is. They got a great song called uh, Save the Girl You Save the. Save the girl, you save the world. I'm sorry, Doug, if your princess is in another castle. Oh. I hated that. God, that actually irritates me. Like, as an eight-year-old, it was just you like, honestly, can I get some fucking closure? I do like that as kind of like a slang term for the girl's not interested in you. I'm your sorry, your princess is in another castle. If a girl castle. told me that, I'd be... Irritated at her at her you, flippancy, but, then but I would more, appreciate like it. Like I said, you'd be more attracted to her, though. Oh God, yeah, it would turn into a weird stalker thing where I'd be like, "All right, I'll go to the next castle." 
sorry, dog. I think your princess is in another castle. Get real excited, or your shit, Mario. Like, like I said, it, like I said, that seems like a slang term for like maybe it's time to go to the next bar. Now, wouldn't Mario be a stalker? Because I don't think he meets the princess at the beginning, even. Like, I don't know if he knows the princess or not. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Princess Peach? No, I don't think he does. Hmm. Like what? Like yeah? Like what? Like okay, let's get fucking deep. Mar- I just had an awesome idea, which we'll talk about later. Mario off. Off air or on air? Yeah, about Princess Thunderballs. Okay. Um, what is Mario's fucking motivation? Like, okay, to save the princess. He never meets her. Doesn't know anything about her. Like, what the fuck is Mario's motivation? You know, he's, he's just a good guy. And what kind of guy runs around eating mushrooms and flowers? That's fucking do, weird. Do you really want me to answer that? Well, I mean, I've done drugs, but I mean... Just I, saying. Oh, I dropped my marker. Oh, that see that's the voice from my hot dog demon. Well, I dropped my hot dog. Okay, um, I want you to this week put up a picture of the hot dog demon. On, sure. I was gonna say on the site and on Twitter so people can understand why you're not a comic book artist. Why like, that you not, are funny. I am. <laughs> I could well I could theoretically take pictures of pages from the comic and be like, this is why I'm not a comic book artist. I wanted to be Jim Lee so bad. Oh, I wanted to be Jim Lee. Do you have Lee. any idea how much it irritates me that I cannot draw? Like, stick figures is about my limit. Because, you know, I'd love to do something in design or in comic book. Nope, can't draw. Can't um, draw at all. Do not have a good eye for perspective on characters. Do not have a good eye for facial expressions. Which can't is draw. weird because I... It's, man, we should do something. Because I've really been at a point where I've wanted to, like, go back to drawing. Not to make it I don't want to be the next Jim Lee or Mark Silvestri or or um I think a friend huge, of mine hold on huge break in art style but I mean Michael Avin Oming like I think a but friend I, of mine I kind of want to draw again best a few years ago when he's like you know I, I it's one of those things where it's like I've done pretty much everything I really wanted to do in my life but it still irks me and chafes me that I will never be as awesome as Joe Strummer God, yeah, that would be... No, but it's a general statement. It's like you're always going to have that hero that you're never going to be as awesome well, as. Well, you're never going to be as good as your influences. It doesn't matter how bad of a book that Polnick would write if, you know, that um, Damned got kind of scathing reviews. Um, or that, you know, people don't... Like, I didn't like Haunted. I fucking hated that book. Okay. But I'll never be as good as him. Like I said, it's just one of those where it's like, you've accomplished things you want in your life, but you're never going to be as good as your influences, no matter how hard you want it. Absolutely. It, and it's because you... I just start hearing Jack and Diane in my head for some reason? Because you want a chili dog? Story about Jack and Diane. Oh, no, I know. I, I quoted it. Sorry, go ahead. Sucking on a chili dog. Outside. The taste of freeze. Okay, so flashpoints on my whiteboard... Hey, speaking of comic artists, like I said, we're I just gonna speed through that one and move on. It's no pun intended. Oh crap! <laughs> God damn it! I watched the Flashpoint paradox. Um, once again, and it's it's DC's new animated um, uh, venture uh, based on Jeff Johns and I want to say Andy Kubrick's. Um, graphic novel um, where the Flash wakes up this is why I said funny that you said you wanted to speed through it Uh, Uh, the Flash wakes up uh, in a radically changed world where 
in this world, uh, Bruce Wayne has died, and Thomas Wayne has become a like gun-toting Batman. Hmm. Um, the world is on the verge of World War Three, started by the warring factions of Amazons, led by Wonder Woman, and Atlanteans, led by Aquaman. Okay. Um, Superman crash-landed in Metropolis and is held, like, deep underground as, like, a science experiment. Okay. And there is no Flash. Barry Allen, it's Barry Allen Flash, uh, doesn't have his speed. Um, and he wakes up and he's like, what the fuck? What the hey? Yeah, like, you know, um, Hal Jordan never gets the ring. You'll love this. Hal Jordan is voiced by reoccurring uh, Green Lantern voice Nathan Fillion. Yay! Which is the only reason I'm, I may, may, big maybe on this, go see the new Percy Jackson movie because Nathan Fillion is a character in it. Oh, God, but the first one. Never saw Oh, oh God. It looked, it looked like Harry Potter's, like, Down Syndrome cousin. Like, I was like... Wow, now that's out there for the world. Mm-hmm. I'm just, you know, it's one of those where it's like, the person has got like a secret history and they're brought into the world that no one else can see, like Harry Potter or this uh, Mortal uh, Mortal Instruments movie, um, and uh, and and uh, I mean once again with and with Percy Jackson, I will say this: having never read the books and never seen the movie, I like the idea of it. I think it makes fucking sense because all of those Greek gods nailed mortal chicks and had a slew of demigod. Children. Offspring, yeah. I will admit that I, I only saw the movie on accident, and it was terrible. I never read the books. <laughs> saw the movie on accident, I. E., and it I was, was terrible. I was going to say, i.e., I was at a friend's house, and we were doing something else, and it happened to be on in the background, and then I got sucked into the terribleness. I'm like, this can't be as bad as I think it is. Well, apparently... It is as bad as I think it is. Well, apparently the Bermuda Triangle is where they keep all the monsters, and that's the sea of monsters that they have to go get the MacGuffin in. Um, the Wonderflonium. The Wonderflonium. The Unobtainium. Um, the Orb, if you're old enough to remember. Uh, no, I'm sorry. The sphere, is it the Orb or the Sphere from um, Briscoe County Junior? No, I'm not old enough, apparently. You don't. Did you ever? Never mm-hmm. saw. Oh yeah. my God! Ask the non-turn to get uh, Briscoe County Junior. All right, but I'm kind of working through some other stuff right now. You know who's in it? You know who Briscoe County Junior? The, who the actor is, right? Mm-hmm. Fucking Bruce Campbell. Really? Okay. Oh so yeah. I'll have to. I'll have to do that. But I'm, I'm rereading the Will Christopher Bear books and his, right now. And his Q so. his Q character is John Aston. <laughs> it's fucking. It's 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 a it's a sci-fi steampunk western. That sounds pretty awesome. But like I said, I'm rereading the Will Christopher Bear, uh, Phineas Poe series right now. So it might take me a little bit. That was a time. trilogy, wasn't it? Yeah. Because I had I had uh. Because it's, mutual... it's Kiss Me, Judas. Um, Penny Dreadful and Hell's Half Acre. Hell's and I, Half Acre. I think Penny Dreadful might actually be my favorite book of all time. I had a friend who was trying to sell me on the on the second two. Yeah, no, I, Penny Dreadful might be my, which is the second, it's the second in the trilogy, might be my favorite book of all time. I actually, funny story, our mutual friend Matt Bailey. He's uh, not returning my text messages, you fucking bitch. Well, he will when you say we name dropped him. Um, hopefully. No, because I've been sending him some fairly serious text messages and he hasn't done oh, that to yeah. me. Oh, yeah. Um, but he actually was a little irritated at me other than we didn't get along for a long time. Um, you guys probably still wouldn't get along now. Probably not. I think, not. That, honestly, your personalities will never actually mesh. Um, but I, that I got, and he hated the story behind how I got it too, which I'll explain, was I was waiting, uh, at, 
Wasn't it from Neil Gaiman signing? No, it was from the Neil, uh, the Chuck Palahniuk. Okay, it was the Chuck Palahniuk signing at um, Tattered Cover. Yes. Old Tattered Cover. Who, yes, who, um, a friend of the family was the events coordinator. Mm-hmm. So when he did the q and I knew I was going to get picked for... You're like, woo! For the Q, yeah. Well, and you got, uh, he was handing out um, plastic body parts for uh, people that got to ask a question. So. But if I remember the story correctly, isn't this when they put out a, Tattered Cover put out a a cart of their sample books they'd gotten for free. No. Oh, that's how Matt got his copy. You're right. Of Sorry, what? go ahead. He got a copy, I believe, of something that way from Tattered Cover. I got, it was one of the, yeah, like, plain black cover, not for sale. I was going to say. Pre, pre-release. I was going to say, with actually no barcode information on mm-hmm. it whatsoever, which you never find. No, of um, Kiss Me Judas. Mm-hmm. Um, which was... The second book I was holding, I also had uh, John Ridley's Everybody Smokes in Hell, which we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, which is weird because I ended up running into Paul and Nick and he asked me what I was reading and yeah. But, um... Well, is that how you guys first connected? Yeah. I was going to say, because you, you have an email relationship now, don't you? Used to. Um, Do you not talk to him now? Not very much, no. We've is it because of... you don't want to talk about his latest books? We talked about it on the podcast. We just lost... I mean, that, he's... That was, he's I'm not going to pretend that he's... That was a joke. I'm not going to pretend he's, you know... A friend? Yeah. Well, not that, but I mean, just that, you know, it's like, life gets in the way. We were busy. We I was part of the cult um, when it kind of started, which was his um, online writing, uh, online kind of writing community. Mm-hmm. Um, just lost, I mean, you know, I, they're just people that, um, you know, I've, I've met or talked to um, all three of my major influences, and it's just one of those... Life gets in the way, and we don't talk as much as we used to. I'm not as um, email heavy as I used to be. Fair enough. Um, you mean you actually go out and connect with people instead of just living through email? Oh. Sometimes. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, well, I'm not. A, I'm not a personality, online personality like I used to be. Um, you mean like when Watchmen came out and everyone was waiting for your review? I lost a socialist, my social distortion hat seeing that. Um, also, this, <laughs> I left my social distortion hat at, uh, when we went to go see that. Okay, I think we've totally lost our focus. And we're actually almost at about an hour, so I kind of want to do a couple things. Well, so, I, I really do want to get to mistakes I made. Oh, that's what I was going to do. Great. In mistakes I made this week, I will go first, because mine is not as bad as yours. Huh. As we've been talking about, it has been mentioned, I've been working out a little bit more lately. And I wear a pair of jeans that I hadn't worn in a while. And apparently my legs were a little bit more toned than they have been last time because I knelt down at work to get something and full-on incredible hulked, like, up the entire leg of one jean. Did like, you really? Just from the knee exploded straight up. It well, was hilarious. Did you say, and I, I'm, I'm hoping you didn't pass up the opportunity, I would have said, you wouldn't like me when I'm angry. I did not, simply because I was really busy. My exact phrasing was, so this is the kind of night it's going to be. <laughs> but yes, Which I'm I totally, sure Bruce Banner thought. Like I said, I totally incredible hulked a pair of black jeans at work when I was incredibly busy and had to go through the entire night with a big air slit, like from knee almost to thigh. With a speed hole. Yeah, it was yeah. a speed hole. It did actually ventilate my pants fairly well, but I was afraid of getting burns in weird places on my thigh. Because I recently burned my shin on an open oven door at work, you, which is why you can't wear capris. Um, well, one of the many reasons why 
people shouldn't wear capris, but... They do not make my ass look big, you dick. I wasn't saying that at all. I just think you either wear pants or shorts, there's no in-between. Sympathy, Pat. Pants or shorts, there is no in-between. But mistakes you made this week. Oh, man, and this goes back to... Yeah, I, uh... I went to go see what I'm now referring to as Men in Black 2. Uh, or, I'm sorry, men, um, yes, Men in Black uh, 4. Uh, I saw R.I.P.D. And after walking out, I realized there are several red flags I should have noticed before I even walked in on how bad this was going to be. One, the movie's like an hour and a half long. I should have immediately recognized that it was like 90 minutes, and I was like, oh, that can't be good. You're right. If it's 90 minutes, it's not It's 98 minutes. I should have, I really, that should have been a huge red flag. Did not look at any of the reviews beforehand, just kind of jumped in with, I like Jeff Bridges, I like Ryan Reynolds, Kevin Bacon's in it, uh, Mary Louise Parker. Same direct, same director as the first Red. Honestly, I mean, there honey, were things. if you told me that, I would have gone to see it. Yeah, yeah, but now I'm telling you different. <laughs> I'm telling you different. I'm telling you different. Um, yeah, I don't know why that was, weirdly, Braveheart, yeah, like, I love you. Always, Always have. have. Um, Which is odd, because when you do that, I immediately think basketball. basketball. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Okay, sorry, so, no, I'm, I'm with was you. terrible. Ah, oh, Jesus. Yeah, like, well, once, because we were, I, I thought of this when you talked about telegraphing things, whole movie is fucking telegraphed. You, no, I, was gonna I say. mean, every, it, it's, there's, oh, what is it in the movie? There's another movie where, like, they, they telegraph everything. Oh, um, uh, what is it? Um, 28 Weeks Later, uh, where they yeah, telegraph, it's like, like the eye hope, thing. well, it's like, give you a grenade. Hope it doesn't go off, you know, hope it doesn't go off. Well, they'll, you know, hope they don't get into the, you know, the, the quarantine zone. Hope this doesn't happen. Hope that doesn't happen. Like, everything is telegraphed. The effects were terrible. Not, like, like so bad, like when we talked about the claws from, um, Wolverine. from, from Wolverine Origin. However, saw the preview for Wolverine when I saw Pacific Rim. It looks better and better as it, looks it goes. really good. It and looks, also... And they're not showing that much. Now I can't remember. I was walking out, and one of the posters that they had up for it was done by a really well-known comic book artist, and the name is escaping my fucking brain now. What else did he draw? You wouldn't know. No. Um, as was, soon as Garner gets back from fucking Comic-Con and stops sending me asshole pictures, I'll ask him, because he was there with me. I can look it up and put it in post if you want. But I would, like, not necessarily put it in post, but at least tell me so I can do it next week for the internet to hold me I'm wrong. Is it a well-known artist? It's a well-known comic book artist. And the style is right in my head, and I can't say it. I wish we could totally have a neural handshake right now. I don't want to be in your brain or see your memories. Thank you, Doug. I don't know how many... I don't need to see how many skanks you've actually banged. Hey. Some of them weren't skanks. <laughs> some of them. I went through a dating stripper's phase. Okay, you know what? I think this is a good place to go into our social contract asshole after you talking about dating strippers Doug. especially because it's funny because we're going to talk about uh oh no we're not oh uh, that would have been a really weird segue um genital decor no i thought we were doing the other one but yeah, um no dating strippers this is your social yeah contract, this is a really good asshole. segue like said, this is your social contract asshole please jump in well and you know and this initially starts based on that I heard people talking about it and it goes back to one of our previous ones where it's like inappropriate things to say in public but it made me think about how bizarre and maybe inconsiderate sometimes 
that genital decor can be. Now, I'm very confused. I want to see where this is going. I'm all for, you know, if if your body is the temple of the soul, I'm all for decorating. I'm I've I've got a, a number of tattoos? Yeah, a reasonable amount of tattoos. I wouldn't say modest. I would say a reasonable amount of tattoos. Many are, are visible on um, on my arms. All of them can be covered up with a button-up. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. But I've got them, you know, up and down my arms and um, and all this. Um, but general decor where you have tattoos down there, uh, just, some piercings. Just say vajazzling. Why? Um, honestly, I don't know why. I, I don't know why either. However, I have to ask. And, how and does it has this to tie so- into a social contract. I'm not sure. Well, what I mean, talking about it. Okay, so basically, what you're saying is keep it in your pants, not in my ears. Unless you know, it's at the end of the night, and I'm into it. But yeah, that's right. I wish everyone could see the pain look on my face right now. Now, because are you, now, are you imagining someone rubbing their vaginal pussy on my Oh my ear? god, we're done. No, moving on. No, no. Who's that knocking at the door? Why, it's our super villain friend of the show. Hello. Well, we have some listener questions for you if you'd like to answer them. I'd be happy to answer some questions for you. Cassidy Casablancas of Neptune asks, What's your favorite cocktail after a long day of work? I like to sit down with a Tom Collins, a Gin Ricky, or any old-fashioned eyeball. No one cares if you don't model the fruit by hand. Shaken or stirred? I don't give a fuck, as long as it's got a straw. Have you seen how hard it is to drink with this thing on? Thank you for listening to the BACN, your home for almost bacon and banjo!